joining us with Brooke now is Katie Wu of The Athletic, who, card- who covers the Cardinals day in and day out and provides awesome coverage over at The Athletic. And you can follow her on, her on Twitter. Wow, words are hard. <laughs> at Katie J. Wu over on Twitter. Katie, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We just had Jim Hayes on and we were talking. He just dropped some Yamamoto breaking news. So maybe you'll have some breaking news for us in here. But how's Probably your not. day going? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm literally set up on like a little tiny chair in a hotel room and I'm using a (laughs) coffee stand to prop my phone up. Um, So I think that's kind of just uh, symbolic of how my life is going right now. I guess like what I can say is I I did just go home to California and every time I've left to go to California this offseason, the Cardinals have signed a pitcher. So (laughs) trends suggest I actually made a couple of jokes with people uh, in the organization and they were like, yeah, that, that sounds like a trend. So we'll expect a call from you. And I was like, okay, so we'll see. But great to see you guys, especially my girl, Brooke. And uh, thanks for having me be on for, for such a, a fun cause. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining. We were just talking. Uh, we wrapped up a little bit of our conversation with Jim, and then Brooke was in it as well, talking about Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn and just kind of the excitement around them. And a question that a lot of Cardinal fans are debating through from this past year is Jordan Walker's defensive positional future. And uh, there's especially just because it went so poorly in the first half, even though there were signs of development in the second half, there's people who doubt his future as a corner outfielder. From your two perspectives, what do you see as Jordan Walker's future defensively? Um, I still see him as a corner outfielder. I know the Cardinals organization does, but why should fans be hopeful about Jordan Walker as as improving defensively in the outfield? Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and start and just keep it short because I also have a follow-up question with Katie regarding yeah. it, but with, I, if you guys haven't noticed, I love questions. I got, I got tons of questions. Hey, we love but, it. <laughs> um, with Jordan Walker, I think that his growth was really exciting to see. And I know that we were discussing that earlier about offensive numbers. I think that's going to be there for him because you want to see yeah. more power from the outfield. I think that Jordan Walker can provide that power and Mason Wynn I'm really excited to see what he develops into I know there's a lot on whether or not he will be able to improve offensively we just saw a very small sample size so I don't think that's going to be indicative at all of his future and I'm really excited to see him take that next step and Katie with this whole question regarding Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn I wanted to follow up because I know that there's reports of the Cardinals talking about extensions with Paul Goldschmidt but do you ever see eventually Jordan Walker moving over to first base after Paul Goldschmidt? I could see that definitely years down the line. I think the Cardinals would be happy to shore up Paul Goldschmidt for at least two more years. So maybe after that, just depending on how his his defense goes in the in right field. You know, when you look at Jordan Walker, I'm high on him. I mean, he's such a freak athlete and he was really thrown into such um, an unfair an uncomfortable yeah. position, learning to play the outfield at a major league level. He makes the opening day roster, deservedly so, right out of spring training, skips AAA, but he had only been playing the outfield professionally for about six months to that time. Um, I think Jordan handled every single curveball that went his way about as well as you could for a 21-year-old, and the strides he made defensively were better. Am I out here saying he was a gold glove right fielder in September? No. But he showed signs of getting better, and the work that he put in extensively with Willie McGee, his overall athleticism, I mean, we, we've seen the speed, we've seen the yeah. arm, he's been in Jupiter for the last three months working on that. You know, I, he's only 21 years old, and he has all the makings of being a superstar athlete. Why not give him another shot this year to see what he can do? 
Yeah, I'm totally with you. I really don't want to see Walker move out of the outfield because I don't want them to waste that athleticism. There's just so much talent there. I love that you mentioned that. Um, And we also just mentioned that extension for Paul Goldschmidt. Do you see the Cardinals engaging in any extension talks with any of their younger players, specifically Jordan Walker this offseason? We've seen some other teams do that. It's been very, very successful. I don't just because that's not really their MO. And let's be honest, the Cardinals have so many other problems to consider right now. The Goldschmidt one makes sense. You know, yes, a team is going to meet and possibly decide to extend with their star player approaching free agency. That was kind of a no brainer. Um, Of course they would explore that possibility, but for all of these younger guys, you know, Mason Wynn, uh, Jordan Walker, you're also looking at guys like Tommy Edmond, Brennan Donovan, Nolan Gorman. I think that's just, not usually what this front office does. And I think they are working so hard on adding externally that I'm not going to say they're not focusing internally, but that's kind of a back burner priority for them right now. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Katie, just kind of piggybacking off of that because I know, and here's the thing, the Braves did it right. And it makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. And you even saw the Diamondbacks do that recently with Corbin Carroll mm-hmm. as well. So it makes a lot of sense. Katie, do you ever see them doing that? Because we saw this huge contract with Shohei Otani where you're signing, and then there's talks with Yoshi Yamamoto's contract being really long. Do you ever see them at least taking that approach of, okay, maybe we won't do these long-term deals in free agency, but maybe we should do this with our younger players in-house? I, you know, it's, I see that. Maybe not to the extent of some of these lucrative deals that we've seen other teams do. You know, the Brewers with their top prospect is an is a extreme example. But yeah. the Cardinals have done extensions to get through players through their arbitration years. The most recent one I can recall off the top of my head was Giovanni Gallegos at the end of the 2022 season. Those kinds of extensions or or deals, I think, make sense because you're just essentially taking out arbitration, taking out negotiations, and signing a player and just having to you know, you don't have to deal with any of that, that contractual stuff, arbitration, as we've seen, it's impacted Tyler O'Neill, it impacted Ryan Helsley. Those are the kinds of, well, they're not necessarily extensions, contract deals, I can see the Cardinals being open to, especially if they identify a player that they know they want to keep around like they did with Gallegos in 2022. Yeah. And we saw in the early 2010s too, Matt Carpenter, Carlos Martinez, mm-hmm. Paul DeYoung, like there's yes. a variety of names they've done in the past. So it's been a little while, but maybe they explore it again with this new emerging young core. Um, Katie and Brooks. So it looks like Yuki Matsui is on his way to the Padres. I don't think that's officially been confirmed yet, but it's been expe- at least uh, percolating on Twitter right now. What do you see from the Cardinals bullpen pursuit right now? Obviously it kind of feels like there's a, a million options that could go with, but uh, it seems like it's maybe free agency, but are there some names that fans should maybe keep an eye on over the next few weeks? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, that bullpen, I, I know that there's been some clips of John Mosellock going out, but I would really encourage everyone to listen to the full interview with Tom Ackerman on KMOX yeah. and not just listen to clips. Context matters. Preaching yeah. to the choir here. You guys all know this. Um, do they like Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, and the high sin of Jojo Romero in the back end of the bullpen? Yeah. Yes. Um, do I think that they're very eager to add one more name so they're not overly reliant on a relatively, with those two names and Helsley and Gallegos aside, unproven bullpen? Yes, I also believe that. You know, they've been they've checked around Phil Maton. I think Derek Gould had Hector Neris. They've been very active at Jordan Hicks camp leading up to the winter meetings. There are options there, but as we all know, guys, free agency is a two-way street. Yeah. Yes, they did meet with Matsui. Um, you know, you can only do so much. Money isn't everything in these decisions, as we all know. But I would be very surprised if the Cardinals enter spring training without adding one more reliever. They also missed out on Chris Stratton, which wouldn't have been the, like, high leverage, splashy name. 
but that veteran presence is something that they valued a lot in their bullpen. I know they were active in trying to bring him back, but he did decide to go to the other side of Missouri. So, yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. oh, you go, you go. No, I was just going to kind of add to that too with what you were saying, Katie, is that it really does seem like they need to add at least one or two relievers. That's what we were talking about earlier. But it's been such a stagnant offseason when it comes to moves. The Cardinals have been the most aggressive. And do you think, Katie, that that has to do with waiting to see what happens with Yamamoto and some of these other guys moving, and then we'll see some more guys getting signed, especially relievers? Or what do you think that that is? I think it's a little twofold. Uh, I think some of it was the Otani and now Yamamoto holdup. I think another big thing that are that's impacting 11 or so teams is the holdup with Diamond and Valley Sports Network and what, what teams are going to do with yeah. their regional sports networks, because that is such a big source of revenue. I mean, you've seen the twins come out and say, yeah, we're cutting payroll because we don't know what's going on with our future. Um, it's certainly not a problem that only affects the Cardinals, but because the Cardinals have such a wide presence in their revenue sharing, it definitely impacts what ownership can do or what they feel comfortable. I should say what they feel comfortable in doing with that uncertainty, but there's, it's plaguing a lot of teams right now. Um, I do feel like it will pick up maybe after the holidays. And there's usually a mad rush this week to try to get things done before that week of like purgatory where no one knows what day it is between Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. Um, but I do think it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of those factors impacting the off season. And yeah, the Cardinals were super aggressive. The Dodgers have been super aggressive. To put it in perspective, yes, the Yankees traded for Juan Soto, but they've spent $0 in free agency so far. I don't expect that to stay the same. Well, perhaps a Matt Suey deal could sort of unfreeze some of this bullpen stuff. Uh, I wanted to ask if there are any specific names you've heard in the bullpen. I know some rumors about Maton surfaced a couple weeks ago, but that kind of got shot down. And then also, if you think there could be any reunion of sorts, uh, I know you mentioned Jordan Hicks. We've had Trevor Rosenthal on here before. He'd be a little bit more of a depth arm at this point, uh, especially with the you know rehab ongoing. Um, but then also, like a guy like John Brebia, a workhorse type. I really wish they'd been able to get Stratton. He takes the ball so often. Or maybe even Adam Adovino. A lot of guys don't know that he played for the Cardinals. Um, he was there for a couple games back in like 2010, I think. Um, so maybe one of those more like workhorse-minded guys. Is there any like specific rumor you've heard? Not really, and I know that's kind of a boring answer, yeah. but it's the truth. They, you, What I will say about the Cardinals, it makes my job difficult, but I, I do find it admirable that they're not an organization that really leaks at all. Um, I just I remember having conversations with the front office, and they were baffled the signing got out. And I was like, you don't understand how big of a deal that is. You guys never leak, and it never comes from them. So just because you're not hearing the Cardinals link to people doesn't mean they're not active. That's mm -hmm. just how they've run their ship. It's very tight. Um, there's not a lot of leaks coming out of that organization, but some of those names, you know, checked a lot of boxes. I remember talking to Mo at the winter meetings and I, you know, I said, I'm not necessarily suggesting a reunion, but would a guy like Chris Stratton be yeah. someone that you targeted? Perhaps maybe I should have. And um, those, <laughs> those high veteran guys with a lot of experience that will take the ball every day. That's a great yes. point that you said. They really need those guys. And that's why they have such high respect for Giovanni Gallegos because he takes the ball yes. almost every day. It's why they kept Andrew Miller, because he kept, he took the ball every day. Yep. And I'm not saying that would be the only addition. Of course, they would need to make one more. But don't underestimate the value of having reliability in your bullpen. Hmm. Yeah. I, so bullpen is the big conversation. It's one that they've actively, at least publicly, said they want to continue to pursue. One that I'd say fans and media are both maybe hoping that maybe more would happen is potentially another addition to the starting rotation. And you, you referenced that interview Sunday that John Mazelak gave, and he at least said the door is open for a potential starting pitching acquisition. 
Katie and Brooke, what do you guys think? Maybe start with Katie here about a potential another acquisition. It seems like it's potentially more on the trade front if that does happen. And what are some routes we could look toward for a potential six or well, I guess six starter, another starter being added this offseason? Yeah, I think that that was pretty pretty even killed with what he'd said throughout the last month or so. You know, they're yeah. not closing the door on anything. Just because they're focusing on bullpen help right now doesn't mean they're totally against improving on the starting pitching market. I would agree that it's more likely to be from the trade market, perhaps, than free agency, just because they've, they're looking to spend in free agency on a reliever and they've already pledged X amount of dollars to three other free agent starters. Um, but something that I think was a sign that they were pretty active on uh, in, in the starting pitching trade market is we reported this a few weeks ago. But on foul territory today, which is a great show, if you guys don't don't know about it, it's awesome. I, I really like going on there. Tyler Glass now was uh, going through a list of names of teams that he'd heard had checked in, and the Cardinals were one of them. So this again goes no. back to the Cardinals not like they they're not just because you don't hear them connected as main people doesn't mean they're not checking in. I mean, I think Ken and I, Ken Rosenthal and I, had maybe two sentences on that because it's all we had, but there was interest there. So. Yes, it's disappointing to not get Tyler Glass now. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that extension and giving up two top prospects. Um, however, desperate times call for desperate measures, and I would certainly qualify the 2023 season in St. Louis as desperate. But that does go to show that they are pretty much, whether you know they're active or not, they're at least checking in on the starting pitching market. I would expect it to be a trade, but at this point, when you're looking at the free agent mar- uh, options that are left, if you're really going to go sign one, you might as well go trade them because it would just kind of be a, another four or five. And the Cardinals have a lot of the yeah. presumed four or five starters. So if you're really looking to make a splash in this rotation, you look at the trade market, of course, that's going to require giving up something that's going to hurt. So you yeah. just kind of have to trust. And I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of, of hesitation and trepidation from the front office from most specifically because mm-hmm. the last thing he wants to do while he's made some great trades He's also made some not great trades, and and that can make you a little bit hesitant to, to bite the bullet, really. Yeah, it, it, makes, it makes me think of how he made that joke about Tyler O'Neill probably getting MVP votes now that he's being moved mm-hmm. on. At least he's he being self aware, right? Guys. Yeah, he reads he reads the tweets. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If if Sunny or a Sunny, I call Sandy Sunny Gray all the time because he's such a Sunny Gray fan. Oh my god, I'll take it as a compliment. If Sandy. Sure is the president of the Sonny Gray fan club and Andrew is the president yeah. of the Shoei Otani fan club. I was the president of the Tyler Glass now fan club. So when I heard him say that today, I was wanting to cry so much that he had mentioned the Cardinals. <laughs> Whatever, though, it's okay. Brooke, what do you think about the trade market? Yeah, no, I was with you, Josh, because I think that Tyler Glass now would have made a lot of sense, at least for the Cardinals, of at least solving things for the time being. And the Rays don't like to spend money, so they would have you know, been willing to move on from that 25 million that he would be due next season. I'm with you, Katie. I was very surprised about the extension for Tyler too. That was a a shocking, but it seems like the Dodgers are all in now that they have Shohei and they're continuing to add to their starting rotation. I think that, and these are just, obviously I don't have as much insight as Katie does, but I would have loved to see, and they still could possibly do this, just some young starting pitching arm to be able to come in because this is a situation that the Cardinals are going to be in next off season too. When you have these one year deals with Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson and who knows maybe what happens with them moving forward. But, you know, outside of that, you have, we, as we know, some older arms. So I would have just liked to see 
some sort of trade to bring in a younger starting pitcher like a Dylan Cease. I know that Jesus Lazardo is another name that's been floated out there a little bit, not saying anything. I don't know if there's any Cardinals connections, kind of like Katie said, they do a great job of keeping their name away from being associated with certain trade rumors. But to me, it would just make sense of also adding in another starting pitcher, especially a younger one. Even Yamamoto would be fantastic. I I don't see that being feasible, but still, I think one could dream. That would be fantastic. But to have a younger arm coming in, I feel like would not only be good for the star rotation next season, but moving forward when you're going to be in this position all over again. Yeah, um, one of the things I was surprised with, it's probably my fault for reading too much into Mosellock's comments, but I thought there was going to be a change in like the philosophy of, of spending and like signing a starting pitcher to a really long-term uh, sort of contract, but I guess uh, trading for one and extending them also fits that model. Um, we've heard a lot about um, the Marlins, I think, being thrown around with the Cardinals. Obviously, there's some bad memory, memories there with the, the Ozuna trade, but um, are there any names that, that we could see? Uh, Brooke just mentioned Lazardo, but um, anyone um, from from the Marlins that we could see the Cardinals go after? Um, and I, I believe the Royals um, were talking about giving up a Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman type uh, bat in exchange for Lazardo. So um, would that be really possible? Um, and how, how do we feel about that kind of deal? For me, as much as the Cardinals need starting pitching, I think it would depend on on the pitcher. And let's just put the Marlins out there, even though there again there hasn't been any link between the Marlins yeah. and the Cardinals. But it's a fun exercise because there are reports that the Marlins would be willing to move on with one of many of their young team controlled good starting pitchers. Um, I'm a Lozardo enthusiast. I covered him as a prospect when he was the A's top prospect in the Bay Area. Follow his career. I think he's a stud. Edward Cabrera is another one of those guys. Um, but really. I think Brennan Donovan is a perfect fit for this Cardinals team because he fits that Swiss Army knife mold. But when you think about Nolan Gorman and that 30-plus homer potential from the left side, that is really hard for me to want to part with. I think it would have to be a top-notch grade to do that. The, the risk to get burned in that trade is so high because Gorman is only 23. We've seen the power. I mean, I know his back cleared up a little bit in the 2023 season, but that potential is so high offensively. And the Cardinals, a lot of things that they're pitching to this free agent starters is our offense is going to be really good. You know, they're counting on bounce back years from Goldschmidt, from Arenado. I thought Contreras came out and did exactly what he has consistently done throughout his career. You get Lars Newbar out a little bit more consistently. He had some freak injuries. Um, and, and you're looking, you're feeling a lot better about this offense and you add Nolan Gorman and his home run power there. And it looks like, again, a top 10 offense. So yes, I think the Cardinals should be very heavily looking at some young team controllable, high upside starting pitching guys. But I also could understand the, I, I don't know, the hesitation to part with someone like Nolan Gorman, you know, they're not going to do that with Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn. But Gorman, I, I don't want to say he's in that category, but he's really close for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Gorman on when we listed these guys was like almost untouchable for me. And I know no one's untouchable. It's a technicality, but I'm I'm really high on him and Donovan. I hope the Cardinals don't trade them. Um, and I know they'd have to probably if they were going to go for one of those arms with the Marlins and then the Mariners is another team. I know BK and Ferrario like to talk about Logan Gilbert a lot on one. Yes, one <laughs> I caught that uh, when you were on there the other day. Great stuff, by the way. But Thank one you. organization that I haven't heard 
linked to the Cardinals is the Detroit Tigers. I know they have some other depth arms like Sawyer Gibson Long is someone that's really interesting to me. Reese Olsen is a lower ceiling guy, um, maybe a little bit more like Edward Cabrera, uh, but he had great results in his first year. Is there a chance they could link up with them? I know it might not require a Gorman or a Donovan, so. I mean, yeah, they could always, you know, just trade for Jack Flaherty. I'm totally kidding. Um, <laughs> At the deadline, hey, you never know. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine oh what gosh. full circle that would be? I'm not quite sure what the Tigers are doing. Um, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, just like I don't really know what the Royals are doing. Yeah, kind of seems like they're going for it. Yeah, kind of seems like the Tigers are like, yeah. you know, maybe we can go for it. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the what Detroit would be willing to part with. I'm also not super familiar with their system. Uh, the AL Central is really baffling to me. I think we can confidently say, guys, right now on December, what, 19th. So the AL Central is arguably more competitive than the NL Central, which is sad. Um, but, you know, I think all of those organizations, they have, it's again, it's all about starting pitching that's young with team control. San Francisco comes to mind as well. Obviously, they're not going to trade a Logan Webb, but they have, you know, their top prospect, Kyle Harrison, fits that mold. So. I don't know. There are options out there, but all of these teams know how rare and how prized controllable starting pitching is. And they're going to, like they should, try to squeeze out as much as they can for that return. And it's up for the it's up to the Cardinals and it's up to Mo specifically to decide what he's comfortable with there. A quick counterpoint to that, though, is that like young bats, like the guys the Cardinals have, like Donovan and Gorman, also don't grow on trees. And I know the Tigers just had Kerry Carpenter break out, but they've really struggled to produce that kind of offensive talent. The Mariners, besides Julio Rodriguez, haven't produced much of that offensive talent. Like Evan White seems like a bust, mm-hmm. and he's gone now anyway. Um, and then obviously the Marlins have had a ton of trouble doing that too. So hopefully the Cardinals can find themselves in a position of leverage like that, where they can say, hey, we have these guys that are super talented, and we're not just going to let them go for anything either. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think especially when you factor in uh, the free agent market from a position standpoint, you know, it's it's relatively weak, obviously with Otani off the board. And now I think Cody Bellinger would be the top one. Other than that, there's not a lot of depth there. And that is maybe something that the Cardinals can use to their advantage if they decide to pursue a potential trade. Yeah, it's it's really interesting with this free agent market being so thin. You would think it'd put the Cardinals potentially in a position of power when it comes to having all those young bats, but at the same time, everyone wants pitching. So I don't really know who wins in that like leverage argument there. Um, but Brooke and Katie, we know but you both need to go soon. And this this is a stream where people are hopping on and hopping off. So feel free to jump on and jump off whenever. Um, but we just want to take a moment to thank you guys for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Again, if you're in the chat right now, this this whole stream is going toward uh, Big League Impacts. We have a pinned comment at the very top where you can donate to this awesome organization. We'll be plugging different things that they're doing throughout the stream. And we're about to do our first giveaway. So if you want to enter for the first giveaway, go ahead and donate now. And Andrew will be doing that in a few moments. But Katie, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Um, We hope to see you guys again soon. Of course, guys. Thanks. We'll talk soon. I'm going to hop off. Got to go take my mom to the ballet. Um, (laughs) Which means, you know, knock on wood, it's probably when a free agent signing is going to happen. And if that does happen, (laughs) think of me because I will be so upset. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, such a great cause again, and I, I'm sure I'll see you all soon. Awesome. Bye, Thanks, Katie. Katie. Bye.